Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Today I want to talk to you about this deposit that God puts in us when we first come to Him is a divine deposit of His Spirit that comes into us. It's the Holy Spirit that comes into us. And as God comes in, He brings with Him who He is. And it's a great reservoir to our spirit, a reservoir of love, a reservoir of joy. It's a reservoir of health and strength and healing and power. It's a reservoir of God. And and it's so amazing because it, it comes into us, but it also comes out of us. Love comes out of us now. Joy comes out of us now. But, but, but we also can tell when that reservoir kind of drains a little bit, when things start getting dry a little bit. God will actually use this as a divine guidance system to say, hey, listen, there's things that are, that are draining off that used to be overflowing in your life that are now drained down a little bit. You need to st- sit up and pay attention. It says this in Galatians, the fifth chapter. I want to bring this um, to the forefront. The fruit of the Holy Spirit or the signs that God is in you. The evidence that God is in you. You know, when you look at a tree, you can see the evidence of that kind of tree and the fruit that it is. And so the Bible says the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Since, since we live by the Spirit. So, so this is the fruit the, the, the evidence, the result, the consequence of God living in you, now in you is, is the divine nature of God I have in us. We have in us the love, the joy, the peace, the patience. This is the, the fruit of God that's in us. But then it says, and since we live by the Spirit. Now, we have to understand this word live in the context of how God sees it. Because a lot of times we think living is just kind of maintaining just going on month to month, year to year, day to day, or whatever. But God doesn't see life that way. God sees life as something very profound, very powerful, very dynamic, very alive, very abundant. So if we're going to live by the Spirit, I'd like to to put my little take on how this verse maybe could could be spoken and, and, and say it this way. Since We have made alive to powerfully live an abundant, dynamic, awesome life with a huge impact. Let us stay in step. Let us stay aligned, tuned in, tightly connected with the Spirit. Since we have been given this mighty, powerful, dynamic, fruitful, productive life, let's stay in step with the Spirit because we need to stay in step with what God put in us. Can you say amen? And when that wanes, we can tell. We can tell. You know, about a year and a half ago or so, I I bought a new car, and um, I'm driving this car home, and you know, how many know, cars nowadays, you can't figure out what they do and how they do it, and you know, my car thinks it knows my phone better than I do, you know, I'm trying to tell it, no, you know, you need to connect, you know, it's already connected. I'm driving my car home, and I guess I'm not paying attention like some of you guys drive. And, and all of a sudden, my car starts beeping at me. It starts going... <laughs> I look up, and apparently I had kind of shifted lanes a little bit, and my car's telling me, there's a, there's a dotted line here, buddy. Stay in your own lane. 
the steering wheel is vibrating, and I look up. I think this is amazing. I don't even have to hold the wheel now. I just have to hit the gas, and I can do whatever else I want. But you know, the car doesn't like that. It starts beeping at you. Or, or I used to use my mirrors to back up. How many of you guys remember mirrors? You know, but, but now I just listen for the beep. I just back up, clueless, and I listen for the beep. And as soon as I hear it start to beep, you know, beep, beep, beep. Beep, 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 That's when you hit the brakes. It's called driver assistance. And sometimes I think, you know, if I want to stay in line with God, I need driver assistance. If I want to stay, you know, on the center line with the Lord, it would be great if I could just have driver assistance. Like when I start going off a little bit, if I could just have this beep, you know, beep, 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 beep. That's a warning sign. You know what I'm saying? Would you like that? Wouldn't that be awesome? Wouldn't that be awesome? What about if you could, you know, if, you, if others could hear that beep, though? What if it was audible and others could hear that beep going off in your life? <laughs> when you start going off kilter, and all of a sudden everybody else can hear beep, beep, beep. Uh-oh. You're talking to somebody. They're aggravating you a little bit, but, you, you know, you just kind of. <laughs> but all of a sudden you start beeping. Beep, beep, beep. And they look at you. Am, am I bothering you? No, no, no. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, seriously, I, I don't know. I must have gotten hacked, my beeper. It's not me. It's not me. You, you're, not, you're not aggravating me at all. Beep, 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 beep. We need driver assistance. But can I tell you something? God has put a divine guidance system in us already. You know, this desire... This homing device of love, joy, peace. And I want to focus on this mostly. It's, it's the three first fruit of the Holy Spirit. And it's first for a reason. God puts these things in order for a reason. Love is first. If, if this is the root system, love is the tap root. And so this is in order for a reason. But, but, but I want to focus on this. But what, what God wants us to understand is that he is going to use this as a guidance system. It actually is the thing that is already in us from the Creator that drew us to God. You have a homing device in you that is searching for an eternal love. You're searching for eternal joy. Not joy that the world can bring, not joy that things can bring, not a new Corvette. You need real joy. You need real peace. And it's so awesome that God has put this in you. The Bible says that God has placed eternity in the hearts of men. That means that we, we are seeking love from our Father, and until we find it, we will search all over the place, and you'll search in all kinds of wrong places. You know, Pastor Jordan preached last week about how the Scripture says, uh, why seek ye the, the living among the dead? And we seek joy in things that can't give us joy. They're temporal. They're temporary. And a lot of times we crash ourselves on the rocks because we're searching in all the wrong places. But there is a homing device drawing us to God, drawing us to something more that says, I need love. If Christ is love, I need Christ. If Christ is the Prince of Peace, I need peace. And we're drawn to the Lord. But that same drawing that God initially drew you to him because of this yearning for love, joy, and peace, that initial drawing is still there. It's still a system of guidance for you so that you know when you're off, you know, you know when you veered off because 
You need to get back on that center. You know what love is, and you know when it starts to wane. Simply put, simply put, when you start to lose your peace, you know it. Isn't that true? When you start to lose joy, you know it. When you start to lose love for others, critical, nasty, nitpicking, aggravated, you know it. You know it. Isn't that true? But what's not so good about that is others can see it on you too. God uses this to guide us. It says this in Isaiah 58. It says, the Lord will guide you always. He's faithful, church. He's faithful. He's not going to let you go. You're going to hear that beeping. It's going to go off. He'll guide you always. He'll satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. Church, can I tell you something? The world might be upside down, but God is still with you. God will always guide you. God is not afraid. God is not in the throne room wringing his hands about what they said on CNN or what they're going to do down at Disney. God is not wringing his hands. God knows I'm going to lead my people. Can you say amen? He'll satisfy your needs in a sun scorched in a dry desert, and he'll strengthen your frame. You'll be a well, like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. I'll tell you, it can get tough, but God's waters never fail. God is constantly going to strengthen you. God is constantly going to guide you. God is going to constantly keep you on center in health and in healing and strength. This is how the Holy Spirit is. God is faithful to us to guide us. You know, we had a, uh, a speaker come and speak to our, our class when I was taking some classes down at Regent University. And uh, he was a great author, Stephen Covey, of uh, one of the best-selling books, 30, sold 30 million copies, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he came there, and he was talking to our class. It was on strategic leadership. And he was telling us, I'm going to talk to you about these seven habits, but at the end of this thing, I'm going to tell you the very secret to living a fulfilled and dynamic life. But let me go through these seven habits. So, of course, we're on our, you know, the edges of our seat saying, what's this great secret he has? He gets to the end and he says, all right, you ready? And everybody was ready. He said, I'm going to tell you the secret. He said, the secret to living a dynamic, fulfilled, productive life in business or life in just general is to be in love. And we were kind of shocked. But he, he began to break it down. The power and the force of somebody who is fulfilled in that area of their life. Love. And sometimes we, we, we talk about it in terms of passion. When you're driven, you have a passion for something. You have a passion. But I want to add to it these other two because I really believe it's a threefold cord. If you're going to be a successful, dynamic, fulfilled person in God, you have to make sure that you have these things operating in your life. And they all go together. It's a threefold cord. You cannot have joy and not have peace. Isn't that true? You think you're going to be joyful and not have peace? You think you're going to have joy and not have love? It's a threefold cord. But if you have these three and they're operating in your well-watered garden with these things flowing in your life, you will be a ministry effect to everyone around you. You'll be a healing effect to people that are around you. You will be a strengthening effect on people that are around you. You'll be an encouragement to those that are around you because there's, there's the, 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 di the divine nature of God flowing out of you. And this is the way God wants it to be. In your home, 
You're a well-watered garden. You've got love, joy, and peace on you, in you, and coming out of you. And others are able to eat of that fruit. In your job, with relationships, with different people. This is who we're supposed to be. Keep in step. Not with my, my carnal nature, which gets aggravated. Not my carnal nature that has urges. Not my carnal nature that is, that is short-tempered. Not my carnal nature that, 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 that works you know, over here on the, the, you know, with the devil. But rather my spirit nature that wants to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. But the problem is, a lot of times what happens is when we get off kilter, when we lose our peace, or when we lose our joy, a lot of times those alarm bells go off, but we don't notice it. Or we don't deal with it. We know we lost our joy. We know we have no peace, but we're not dealing with it. Or we deny it. No, I'm just as happy as I've ever been. What's your problem, you know? Yeah, I don't laugh all the time, but I'm happy. Are you happy? That's from Tombstone. But you see, what, what we tend to do is, is hide from it or deny it or, 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 or think that we're just going to live with it. I, I used to have a lot of love. I used to have a lot of joy. I used to have a lot of peace. I might not have it now, but I'm in the middle of something. I'm pushing for something. I'm trying to get this thing going. I'm trying to do this. I'm going through this situation. I'm dealing with this. And we make excuses as to why we're all of a sudden not this well-watered garden. We're not on center with the Holy Spirit. We're not in step with God. And I'm making excuses for it. But I want to challenge you, church, that we have to be honest with ourselves. We have to discern our spirit. See, this is not a sermon that says, you know, you walk out of here and you say, I just need to be more joyful, like the pastor said. No, no, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that you need to discern that center line, stay in step with the Holy Spirit, because he will let you know when there's no peace, you're off kilter. Something's off. But you have to be honest and say, I'm not going to hide this. I'm going to ask God, Lord, what's off? I'm not going to live it with a diminished love and not ask God, Lord, what's off? Let me just go through these briefly with you. I'll take them one at a time. Love. You could ask God, Lord, where's my love gone? I used to love the house of the Lord. I used to love preaching. I used to love the worship. I used to love the people of God. Or I used to love others. You know, when you first get saved, you love everybody. I love you. After a while, if you lose that love, you don't love anyone. You're mad at everyone in the parking lot, at the grocery store, at the guy driving by you that cut you off. You're mad at everyone. You know, why? Because I'm out of step with the Spirit. If I'm in step with the Spirit, guess what? God loves everyone. God loves the person that doesn't agree with you politically. Loves them. <laughs> Lord, what's going on with me? I don't love the sinner. I used to love the sinner. I had a guy come up to me one time and say, Pastor, I wish I could work here at the church. I said, why? He says, because where I work, everybody swears. All day long, all they do is swear. I said, well, where do you work? He says, I work at the fire department. I says, is everybody at the fire department saved? He says, no. I said, well, maybe that's why they swear. I, I, you guys getting it? Sinners sin. 
Amen? And I'm not saying some of you guys don't swear. Everybody, look straight ahead. <laughs> straight ahead right now. Do not look to the right or to the left. <laughs> I want to work at the church where no one swears. Look, 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 I, what church are you talking about? <laughs> I said the reason you're there is because God needs you there. We don't need you over here. We need you over there. Because, because you have to love the sinner. You know what's so cool about Jesus? He says, I'll take a fisherman, I'll take a tax collector, and I'll take a shepherd. And everybody's saying, those are the wrong guys. No, but I'm, I'm picking them for a reason. Because we're going to be friends with the sinners. When you lose your love for sinners, you need to ask yourself, God, what's off kilter in me? You know, the Bible says when you're wronged for doing evil, what's, what's so hard about that? It's when you're wronged for doing good and you keep your testimony that is commendable. When, 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 when something is wrong and that person mal uh, uh, maligns you or something happens to your reputation, but you don't lose your testimony and you don't hate that person just because they're not saved and they think they have to diminish you in order for them to rise up. Listen, I'm not going to hate that person. I used to not be saved. Let's have some amens in here. <laughs> Amen. Love. I used to love the unlovely. Now I can't stand the unlovely. What's causing this lack of love in my life? Lord, help me. It says this in 1 John, God is love, and whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in him. There's that center line. Whoever, whoever lives in God is going to be on that center line of God's love. Now, are there some things that will sap your love? You have to be careful of them. I think you have to talk to God, Lord, what's going on? But God might point to some things that you think are, you know, kind of, like, again, I'll learn to live with it. No, no, don't learn to live with it. Ask God, Lord, why is my love being sapped? Because he might point to some gossip in your life. You opened your ear to this, and now it is in fact. You know, the Bible says that gossip is like choice morsels that go into your being tasting good like delicacies, but poison you. You know. The other thing is what's coming out of your mouth. A negative tongue. You don't realize, but the negative tongue hurts you. You think your tongue is negative toward others, not realizing that it's shutting down a, an orifice of love. What's supposed to come out of you is sweet water, not bitter. And so if you ask God, maybe God opens this up to you and says, listen, these things are causing your love to be sapped because you're off kilter. You're off center. You're off, buddy. Get back on. Unforgiveness can cause you to start to lose the love of God. And it's not just for that one person that you can't forgive, but it's, it's, it's comprehensive. Now, I just don't have love. I don't have love for the house of the Lord. I don't have love for worship. I don't have love for prayer. I don't have love. I don't have tolerance for people that get on my nerves. I don't have this. I don't have that. But, but it's because your reservoir is dried up because you're of unforgiveness over here. And you might, not, you might need to go to God and say, God, what's going on? And God points that person out and you say, God, anything else? Because I'm not going to forgive that person. You know, forgiveness is, a, is, is an opening up of your heart. It's, it's a giving, forgiving. 
You know, Jesus gave his own, you know, his, his life for us. It's a giving. Joy. What about joy? Why am I not joyful? You could ask yourself that question. Actually, it is the Holy Spirit that will trigger that question in you. Why are you not happy? You think you're just not happy, but God is actually asking you, looking for an answer. Do you have the answer? Why is there no joy in your life? You know, joy is like a, a, a nucleus in you. God puts joy in us. Joy is like a nucleus in us that can be touched from things that are outward. And it doesn't have to be a Corvette. It can be little things. You can love little things. They just touch you and, and triggers a joy. And I love the sound of rain. You know, I love to see the autumn leaves change foliage. I, I love the smell of a wood-burning stove. And the guy right next to you is saying, that means winter's coming. I hate the autumn leaves change. The smell of a stove. I'm freezing my butt off. Can you say button church? <laughs> oh, I'm hearing. <laughs> the Holy Spirit. You have no joy if you can't laugh at that little thing. <laughs> I'm going to put it back on you. <laughs> little things can make you happy. You can get up and see the sun and be happy. You can get up and, you know, hear the birds chirping and be happy. Or little things can make you aggravated. Little things are bothering me now. God, why? I can't find the clicker. <laughs> bothering me. This car keeps buzzing at me. I want to drive in that lane. <laughs> Don't tell me which lane to be in, you know. Little things aggravate you. I'm trying to work on not being aggravated even by big things, you know. I'm working on not being aggravated when I have to go to the airport. I tell myself even before I go, don't be aggravated now. <laughs> Calm down. You're going to love this. It's going to be awesome. You're just going to love it. Going through TSA, you know, take that off, sir. Take this off. Take those off. Take this off. Take that off. Take this off. Stand there completely naked. We're going to send these pictures around the Internet later. You just got to not be aggravated. Then you get in the plane and a little kid behind you is playing his game, little game of kick the seat. And you got to stay focused. Love like the Lord loves. <laughs> Joy is an awesome gift because it's on the inside, but it comes out. It comes out to others. You know, it gets on others. Things that are on the inside of you are able to be perceived by those that are outside. They also can perceive when something's off. People are spiritual people. They can tell when something's not right. Look, I, you used to be full of joy, full of peace, full of love, and something's off. What's off? And you're like, what? No. You, you can try to deny it, but people are spiritual and they can tell. And, and, and sometimes what happens is after a while, it's really off. We used to call this, in the olden days, backsliding. You're sliding away from being in step with God. You're losing that center line with the Holy Spirit. And what should be sounding alarm bells in your spirit now, you're trying to live with. I want you to know, God is faithful. He will guide you. 
you will be like a well-watered garden. But you've got to be honest. And you've got to say, God, I'm, I'm missing joy. And I need to get back into the center line of your joy. I need to get back in the center of your spirit, God. Because I know that you've called me to be a productive, dynamic, healthy, healing ministry person to my family and to those that are around me. And especially, God, on the inside of me, Lord, I want to be whole. Can you say amen? And God is good. God is faithful. You know, sometimes you begin to lose your joy when, when you're self-focused. You know, when people are focused on themselves, it's my feelings. It's my opinion. This is my time. This is my car. When you're focused on yourself, you can lose the joy because, again, it's inward instead of being outward. It needs to be outward. I need to be happy. I need this. I need that. I need to get rid of this because I'm trying to get happy. No, no. Hey, listen, get, get in line with the Holy Spirit, and then the joy will come out of you. Not only will it be in you, but it will come out of you as well. David said this in Psalm 51, restore to me the joy of your salvation. David had disappointed God. He knew he had disappointed God, and he was afraid that God was going to take the joy away. Lord, let the joy of my salvation be my portion. I'll tell you, this could be our prayer today. God, let, let the joy of salvation be restored again in my heart. You know, you come to the Lord, and he fills you with his love, peace, joy. But then as you drift, you should have your heart say, I need to get back. I need to get back. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. And then finally, peace. You know, peace might be the, the first thing you start to notice missing. When you start to become unsettled. You're walking with the Lord. You're serving God. But then there's something that unsettles you. There's something that you're nervous about. Maybe you're watching too much TV. Maybe you're watching too much news. Maybe you're listening to too much crap on the radio or whatever, but there's something that has got your spirit off kilter and there's no peace in you now. A lot of times peace comes from you just trying to do your own thing. I'll work. I'll get ahead. I'll make some money. I will get a retirement plan. I will put money in 401k. I, okay, all of that is good, but trust in God. Otherwise, you're going to lose your peace. The whole thing is on you. You're a nervous wreck. You can't, you can't pick this thing up. You're carrying this thing, and you look it. Others can tell. There's a pressure. You ever hear the term, it's written all over your face? They're talking about your spirit. Talking about your spirit. All of a sudden, I've lost my peace. Peace might be the first thing you know to start to go. Peace is like the canary in a gold mine, a coal mine. They used to bring canaries with them down into the coal mine because the canary was so sensitive to methane gas, poisonous gas to human beings, but the canary would be sensitive way, way before the human being to carbon dioxide. And what would happen is the canary would be down there with the miners singing, and the canary would be tweeting away, tweeting away, but all of a sudden when that tweeting would go away, they would say, what happened to the canary? They would check on it. And if the canary was lying at the bottom of the cage, they said, we need to get out of here. And a lot of times your peace is the canary in your spirit. And when you lose peace in your spirit, you need to know something's off in my life. What is it? What is it? I need to go to God. You know, the Jews, when they would greet one another, they would say to one another, shalom, which means peace. Jesus is the prince of peace. 
We see Jesus in the Old Testament as the king of Salem. The word Salem we come, comes from Shalom, the king of Shalom. We have that in the, in the word the city of, city of peace in Jerusalem, Shalom. Peace is a God-given thing. God says in the Bible, seek peace and pursue it. It'll bring you back in line. It'll bring you back to that center line. Can you say amen? amen. Why am I unsettled? Why am I cranky? Why am I nervous? Why am I irritated? Why does things bother me? Why am I having, having anxiety, worry? You know, sometimes it's worse than that. Depression, nightmares, suicidal thoughts. You don't want to get away from the center line of everything that God has given you because you can get way over here into something that's very harmful. Very harmful. When I notice peace starting to drift in my life, I know that if the devil has his way, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to keep going, and it's going to get bad. That's why God gives you the alarm bells to go off in your spirit. When you start to lose your peace, there should be some alarm bells. I'm not going to hide this. I'm not going to deny it. I'm not going to learn to live with it. I'm going to bring it before the Lord and say, God, what's going on in my life? Because I'm losing the peace I used to have. I'm starting to not trust God. It says this in Colossians, the third chapter. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Let there be a rule of peace in my heart from Christ. Romans chapter 8 says this. The mind of the sinful man is death. You know, and we could expand this. The mind of the sinful man is fearful, is aggravated, is depressed, is critical, is judgmental. The mind of the sinful man is unloving, not joyful. But the mind controlled by the Spirit is life, capital L, and peace. God gives us to this to, 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 to guide us. But church, we have to be honest, and, and I, I tell you, I think it's a great gift that God puts his spirit in us and then has this homing device in us that's so, we're, are, is so sensitive. When I start to lose love, I can feel it. When I start to lose peace, I can feel it. When I start to lose joy, I can feel it. And not only that, but others can see it too. In other words, the, the people that are supposed to be eating of this fruit now can, can see there's something that's off. If I... No, it's off. That's all that matters. I don't need somebody else to tell me you're a miserable wreck. Church, I don't need somebody else to tell me that. Sometimes I'll be in a quiet time and I'll, I'll ask myself or actually ask the Lord, what's bothering me? What's bothering me? Or, or I don't know how many of you guys think like this, but sometimes I'll, I'll go through the day. I'll get at the end of the day, and I'll say, what was bothering me today? I remember there was something that bothered me. And I'll, 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 I'll seek it. Because that's when God says, it was when that person said this to you, and it hurt you. And you say, you know what? And then you say to the Lord, why, why did that hurt me? And God says very gently to you, because you're prideful. Come on up there in the balcony. It's a joke. I was really talking about you. It's not what God said to me. He said, the people in the balcony are prideful. <laughs> I want to read to you the one, this, one last verse here. 
in 2 Samuel. It's kind of an obscure story. There's a lot of stories in the Bible that, are, that so outline this truth for us. But it says this. During the reign of David, King David, there was a famine for three successive years. Now catch that. There was a famine for three successive years. And so David sought the face of the Lord. And the Lord said, it is on account of Saul, King Saul before you, and his blood-stained house, it is because he put the Gibeonites to death. There was a compact the Gibeonites made with Joshua hundreds of years earlier that, that the Israelites would not attack the Gibeonites, but Saul did. Years later, David's king, and they enter into this famine. Now, I don't want to get into this aspect of the story, but just to say this, sometimes there's complicated things that are in your past. You might not even know what they are. But they're bothering. They're knocking you off kilter. But God knows what they are. What's so interesting about this story right here is that it was three years of famine before David finally woke up and said, God, what's going on? Isn't this interesting? Something can be bothering you for three years. You could have lost your love or your joy you could lose the peace that God has given you to be on the inside of you. You could lose it for three years and not even maybe notice it. Three years, there's a famine before David finally says, you know, something's not right. But what also is awesome about this story, as soon as David seeks God, God says, this is what it is. This is what it is. And David went and made it right. But a lot of times, you can ask God, Lord, I I'm missing the love I used to have. I'm missing the joy I used to have. God, what is it? I want to seek you. I don't want to just put it under the carpet, put it under the rug. I want to bring it to the surface and say, God, what is it? Because God will tell you, okay, this is the issue. This is what's happening. This is where you've went off. God is faithful to lead us. But you have to be honest and discerning and say, I'm not going to just let this go. I'm going to seek God about it. Church, I want to encourage you today to know that God is for you. He loves you. He puts into you his spirit. But the love, the joy, the peace, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in you is also a guide for you to know when you're off kilter, when you're out of step with the Holy Spirit, and you need to go to God and be honest and say, Lord, where am I off? What's gone wrong? Now, it might be something crazy, like, the voodoo dolls that you have hung in your kitchen that you bought at a yard sale. Hey, church, I'm not kidding. If you have voodoo dolls hanging in your kitchen, this is a word from the Lord. <laughs> this is a word from the Lord to you. Get those things in the trash under the blood of Jesus. Amen? Listen, you're the guard of your house. If you have the TV on 24 hours a day, sewage is pouring into your house 98% of that time. It might be what you're listening to on the radio. I know it's the coolest song about everybody getting killed and capped and <laughs> shot and how tough they are. And all. I know it's a cool song. Shut it off because it's killing your spirit. And I'll tell you, some people watch the news like we used to watch the soap operas. Now we're, we're glued to it. Now, do you see what's going on now? <laughs> what Johnny Depp is doing now. <laughs> but maybe 
maybe it's a soap opera you shouldn't be watching. Same thing with the news. You turn on the news, and it's like breaking news. Sit down. You're going to panic when you hear this. Get everybody around the TV. You're going to panic. It's going to be terrible. What's next? You know? Well, the next thing they need to panic about, and I'm glad you asked me. And then we're texting each other. You've got to see this. Now they're going to poison the water. Now, I think God's on the throne. I've got to shut the TV off. I've got to open my Bible. Stand to your feet. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Let me give you this word of encouragement. You can live in the center of God's love, joy, and peace. You can live there. I know there's all kinds of hell going on around you, but you still can have the joy of the Lord. You can still have the peace of God. You can still love the sinner. You can still love the guy you disagree with politically. You can still love. I'm telling you, this is an encouragement to you. You can stay joyful. And if something messes with you, you'll feel it. You can go to God and get back into that place. Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.